Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, where it is... Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. It was a fun interview today that we were able to have with Eddie Radosevich of Rivals Network, who covers Oklahoma for Soonerscoop.com. Really broke it down as far as the Big 12 and what we're going to be looking at with not only that conference, but in college football in the fall, the possibilities of working it out in the spring and all that fun stuff. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome in the man, Eddie Radosevich of Soonerscoop.com. Good. What's going on, Eddie? How you doing, man? What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? I, I cover the Oklahoma City Thunder in the sense that I sit around and drink beer and bitch about when they don't play. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, you know what? And, and in some cases, that may be the better way of covering the team than actually being there, Eddie, for sure. Uh, but, you know, it, it's been such a crazy time. I'm, I know it has been for you guys, especially – uh, with the college football stuff going on. So let's start right there, man. Everyone was holding their breath about the Big 12 and whether or not they were going to play. It seemed like the SEC and ACC were all in. The Big 12 or the Big 10 and the Pac-12 were out, and it was all hinging on the Big 12, but it looks like they're moving forward. So just given what's happened this week, just kind of give us a good summary of what it's been like covering the Big 12 and some of the decisions they've made as far as this football season goes. Yeah, you know, it's been awkward in that, for the first time in a long time, the Big 12 is kind of seen as, uh, I guess, being progressive as far as uh, making the right decisions. I think that, you know, I'm obviously biased in, the, in that, uh, that I want to be able to see sports. I want to be able to cover Oklahoma this season. And, uh, you know, for the first time in a long time, it seemed like Bob Bowlesby and uh, the group of presidents and the group of athletic directors sat down and not only communicated, uh, but I think kind of we're all on the same page, which, Anybody knows about the Big 12, uh, they certainly uh, had their fair share of embarrassing decisions and uh, just not really coming and being on the same page. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that didn't really know which way they were going to go. I think uh, when the Big 10 and the Pac-12 decided to uh, cancel their seasons or or look towards the spring, uh, there was a lot of people, uh, including myself, that thought maybe maybe the Big 12 is going to uh, go ahead and pull the trigger and um, shut things down, but you know, seeing that it was so early in August, I, I just have this feeling that you know we'll know a lot more over the next month once the kids get back to campus and things like that. But um, I just didn't see any reason to shut things down as early as the Big Ten and the Pac-12 did, and you know certainly they've kind of hid behind the veil of uh, of player safety, but at the same time they're ready to play twenty or twenty-one games in uh, in eight, at about eight months. So. It's going to be interesting to see how it kind of uh, unravels here over the next month, and particularly with Oklahoma getting back under uh, underway with practice uh, probably on Saturday. So uh, it, it, it's kind of a lot of unknown right now, but uh, all is well right now with, uh, with the possibility and kind of the hope of having a college football season around here. So what's the talk as far as Oklahoma playing that first non-conference game and then they take a couple of weeks off? before they come back and play a conference game. They got a couple of weeks there in between, so what's the plan with those couple of weeks off? Yeah, they. I, I think that they wanted those two weeks built in. Uh, you know, I, and it sounds terrible to say it in case something awful goes wrong, and they have to quarantine before the start of conference play. So uh, the, I think all the Big 12 schools kind of uh, have uh, 
uh, have a, I guess, a handshake agreement just as far as they're going to play their non-conference game on September 12th, and it's kind of awkward that Oklahoma will be playing Missouri State, who, uh, you know, obviously in the Missouri Valley Conference, and they've canceled their season. So you look at Missouri State's schedule right now, it's really kind of awkward, and they have one game. And, I mean, I think everybody is kind of up to speed on why they would play that game. They're going to get paid $600,000, and that's going to probably keep the lights on in Springfield for a while. So, uh, it, it, it's definitely weird. I would imagine they would continue practicing over that two-week period. I know that they took this past week off. Uh, I think that you know they, they had started a week earlier than everybody else in the country because originally they were going to play that game on August 12th, I mean, uh, August 29th. So um, they took a week off, kind of let the guys, um, they if they wanted to go home, uh, they could. I know a couple of guys that were from the, this region drove home, but most of the guys stayed back on campus and been working out. So uh, with freshmen back on campus now, I think kind of is the moment of truth that they can get this thing done. For about a month, though, everything that Oklahoma had done as far as protocol-wise had yielded great results. They hadn't had a COVID-positive test in uh, over a month, and then they reported one on uh, last Saturday. So all in all, it's been good. I think protocols are you know, in place for a reason. If they want to have a season, they're going to have to follow the protocols. And uh, it, it's kind of just a wait-and-see mode right now to, as far as, uh, as as what the other conferences are going to do with the ACC and the, uh, the SEC and the Big 12. It kind of looks like those in, uh, I don't know, kind of a, an agreement that they're all three going in this together. Now, i got to remind myself that uh, Missouri State, you know, Bobby Petrino's the head coach over there at Missouri yeah. State. Yes, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I I floated the idea that uh, Oklahoma should bring out one of those big ass checks like you've seen in Happy Gilmore and give it to him at <laughs> halftime, put it on the back of a motorcycle. I think that would be great. Oh, oh man, see, nice. uh, I would be there for that, man. If that happened, that would be that just be outstanding. But you know, this has been the question that we've been asking, and some people have agreed with us, but then there's been a lot of people that don't understand. So I want to get your thought on it. Spring football itself, we know that. Some of the not only Power Five conferences with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 want to do it, but smaller conferences are going to try to do it. Uh, it seems like there's at least some effort being made into playing spring football. I don't just don't think that it happens. Me and Joe have been talking, and we just don't see it happening. What What do you make of spring football, and do you think it's an idea and a format that can actually work while also turning around and having another football season in the fall? I'd say on its face, I think the you know the idea of a spring football season. Uh, sounds great in theory, uh, but when you start kind of getting into it, I know Jeff Rahm presented an idea this, this morning, uh, you know, the Purdue head coach, but at the same time, I just, you know, what my biggest thing has been, if we're, gonna, if we're saying we're not going to play football in the fall because of player safety, which is obvious uh, with the coronavirus, how in the hell do they expect to play 20 games in about 9 or 10 months? Uh, I think it could be done, but... Then again, I, I just look at everything around us, and you know, I I just don't know how it would be done. And certainly, if everybody isn't on the same page, uh, you know, it, it kind of the, the idea that was floated out this morning by Jeff Wall kind of seemed like the most Big Ten idea ever. Just in that everybody else has to change what they're doing because the Big Ten wants to do it, and it just it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I've talked to a couple former players; they think that it could be done. But at the same time, it's certainly not something that I think anybody would want to sign up for. And then you have the other side of the coin as far as, you know, a guy like Justin Fields, he's, just, he's not hanging around in Columbus. Or at least 
I would hope he wouldn't hang around in Columbus to play a spring season if he's getting ready for the NFL draft. And then, obviously, if the NFL season is going to start um, on its regular time in 21. So it sounds good. I'm just not buying it right now. And maybe I'm just trying to talk myself out of thinking that being a possibility because I want football to happen in the fall. But uh, it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you lay it on out there. If it does happen the way it's scheduled to happen right now with three conferences playing in the fall, two more playing in the spring, is there a legit claim to two two national champions? <laughs> I mean, I guess, but I, I just I don't see a lot of people taking the spring thing seriously. I don't know. Maybe that's just my read on it. I could be completely wrong, and you know, I could hang up, and then the Big Twelve and ACC and SEC cancel everything, and we move everything to spring, and I'd probably be singing a different tune. But uh, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to have two national champions. But the NCAA is so screwed up. The college football playoffs uh, at times is so screwed up. And 2020 just as a whole is so screwed up. I could believe it if we really wanted to go down that route. We'll continue our discussion with Eddie Radosevich here in just a second. But, folks, you've heard me tell you about rockauto.com and how they're a family business and how basically if you're going to be working on your vehicle, this is the place to be. This is the website to go to. They're going to make sure that they have you taken care of in every single way. Not just because it's like really easy to use, because let's be honest, going online is so much better than actually going into stores. But they also have a catalog that's very easy to use, and they also have a lot of makes and models that you can choose from when it comes to anything, dealing with cup holders uh, in something as engine modules. Like, they have it all. And so not only is it easy, it's convenient, and they have a great selection. That's all you need. If you're a do-it-yourselfer, do it. Or if you own your own business and you work on vehicles, you can do it that way too. They have everything that you could possibly imagine. And best of all, the rockauto.com prices are always reliably low. And they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you spend twice as much for the same parts? So here's what you need to do. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts that they have available for your car or truck. And when you get there, write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast where they have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need. It's all happening at rockauto.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Yeah, because I think that also with the two Power Five conferences that decided not to uh, play this fall. Again, you can get into semantics, you can get into beliefs, you can get into politics or whatever, but I just feel like they kind of pulled the trigger a little too early. I felt like there were things that they could have done, and especially where it's like, you know, I just saw a story come across on Twitter that, you know, they're but uh, up at Michigan State, for instance, you know, they're not going to have football, but they're still going full steam ahead on their intramural sports with, like, flag football. And I'm like, I, I don't understand how you can have the kids on campus, you can have them going to class, you can have all these things, but you can't have football. And I think that that's really where the disconnect happens for a lot of just college football fans. They're like, we understand if you want to wait and see and be patient and then maybe call it off later, but the timing of the decision is really just off. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that, you know, in a way, I know it sounds terrible to say it out loud, but I feel like they're hiding behind player safety to avoid the liability of putting kids out there. And, I think that there was a lot of politics involved into it. I'm sure that your listeners don't want to hear my ideologies on that, but it just it rubbed me the wrong way. It, it, it seemed like they pulled back and threw their hands up in the air a month early, and maybe we can't play football. Maybe we can't. But at the same time, 
I appreciate the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC for saying, you know what, let's try and get, let's give this a try. I mean, everybody knows that. I mean, the last 30 days, things have changed drastically. Who knows what's going to happen in the next 30 days? So, um, you know, we're inside of that 30-day mark for Oklahoma. They're supposed to open the season on September 12th, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I am cheering for the student athletes so that we can get this thing in and uh, at somewhat find some normalcy uh, by the end of uh, this year. Well, student athletes being the only ones that are on campus, we got students coming back on campus here soon. What kind of protocols have been put in place for the student athletes at a place like Oklahoma? Yeah, it's been pretty uh, stringent. I, I I know that they they basically, I mean, it was almost all the way down to there was a uh, a color that they put on doors inside the athletic office or the, the athletic uh, the the Twitter center the, where they work out and stuff like that. But you know, I, I can't remember if it was red or green, but green was a color that uh, you could go into. I think it was red that you weren't supposed to go into because it hadn't been cleaned yet. And this was during all their workouts and stuff. And, uh, you know, I think that they're trying to put on as much of a bubble feel as you can get. Uh, and I think that, you know, at the same time, all of those protocols, all of those guidelines, now that students are starting to return back to campus, they're really going to be put to the test. And I think that, you know, over the next 30 days, we're obviously going to find out if we can have a football season. And, you know, the, the amount of sacrifice that student-athletes are going to have to make to make this work, uh, I, I have pause in thinking that it's going to be able to uh, come off, but at least we're trying. And I think that that's probably kind of the bottom line right now. Well, I think the next question is, of course, is dealing with fans and actually being in the stands. Because I just saw the Texas Tech – uh, they're saying that uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have 25 percent capacity. Everyone's gonna be required to wear a mask, and they're not the only one that's done this. Uh, even like the University of Arkansas, they're they haven't come out and officially said it. But Hunter Yurchek, uh, in his latest press conference that we had with him, he says we're planning on having about 25 percent capacity. Do you see there actually being a way where you can have fans in the stands, even if it's at 25 percent capacity? Because to me, that seems like uh, a, a much greater jump than just playing the games themselves. Yeah, it, it, that 25% number kind of seems to be the sexy number for a lot of schools. I know Texas has announced that. Oklahoma announced the 25% number yesterday, which would be just around 20,000 in the general seating at uh, the stadium down in Norman. So I, if it was up to me, I would probably just punt it and say no fans. Uh it's just kind of the way it is in 2020. But then again, I know that there's a lot of fans that want to still be able to go to the games. And, you know, especially around here, you can do it, uh, you know, in a safe manner. I, I, I think that there's possibly a way. I don't, I would maybe take a more cautious uh, step to it and make sure that we can get the football season in. But, um, yeah, it, it seems like Oklahoma's dead set on the 25% number. And that doesn't include the tweet and loge box. Uh, Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, so it will uh, it will certainly be interesting. I'm uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more cautious on the idea of what fans in as I am uh, going ahead and, and and trying to get a season in. Did Oklahoma set their own number on that, or was that something that went along with a state regulated guideline? Uh, I, I think Oklahoma set that uh, themselves. The university. Uh, I, I don't think that there was any state guidelines. So, uh, I mean, we have a governor that's walking along without a mask every day, and he already had the coronavirus. So it's, uh, it's been an interesting road with, uh, with old Governor Smith. 
We'll continue our discussion with Eddie Radosevich here in just a second, but I know that it's summertime and we're all trying to make sure that we keep our summer bods as long as we possibly can. We want to enjoy the outdoors and the pool and all that, but we got to work out. We got to eat healthy. We got to do all those things. But that thing, the thing is, is those take time. Luckily, you have the option to get Built Bar. That's right, Built Bar. I've discussed it on previous podcasts. I'm going to be bringing it up again, folks, because there's nothing better that's easier, more convenient, and also really healthy than getting the Built Bars. It's great for your, all you health-conscious people. You can lose or maintain your weight while also indulging in something that actually tastes really good, unlike these other bars that taste like you're eating plants. This has all the flavors that you could possibly want. they got peanut butter, coconut almond, cherry barcia, as well as cookies and cream. Can't go wrong with all of it. And here's the thing, too, folks. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your next order. That's right. Use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And another great thing about it is that you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. So make sure that you take advantage of it. And you got to go there and get you not only free cooler, but all the Built Bars on that great discount by using LOCKEDON as the promo code. Just look at their selections. You'll get all that you need. You'll be healthy. You'll be convenient. And best of all, you'll look good doing it. Again, BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked on for $10 off your next order. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. That certainly sounds like it. Well, I, want, I do want to shift gears a little bit, Eddie, because we did talk about the NBA uh, in the open. And, and OKC sitting there right at the four seed, but having to go up against the Rockets. Kind of what are you thinking from the Western Conference there in the NBA? How you feel this all plays out? Yeah, it's it's kind of been a pleasure cruise for the Thunder. It, it's kind of like you guys talked about it at the uh, right at the beginning when before you brought me on. As far as I think that there was a lot of people that were ready for a uh, a full rebuild, especially when Russell Westbrook was headed to Houston. Uh, you know, I think that there was a lot of people that thought Chris Paul was going to come in and not necessarily buy in to what they were trying to do. There's so many young guys on the team, uh, and it's been. Basically, the exact opposite. I kind of, I've always called it. They refer to it as LED, low expectation basketball. And uh, when you have that, when you have low expectations, and they've had as much success as they've had yesterday, and I think yesterday was their 17th come from behind victory after uh, trailing by uh, or going into the fourth quarter. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it's going to be even more fun going up against the Houston Rockets and uh, and Russell Westbrook. Hopefully, he can get out on the court. I know he's going to miss the time with uh, I think it's a quad. Uh, that he's been announced uh, last night. It sounds like he's going to miss the first portion of the playoffs here coming up next week. But uh, all in all, it has been a massive success. It's been a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of people that have kind of endeared themselves to this team uh, and kind of uh, a, a little bit of a college atmosphere around them and with the old man Chris Paul as far as guys that just don't know any better. And um, I think there's a lot of hope that they can get up through the first round maybe make a run into uh, the second round, even the Western Conference Finals, and that'd be a lot of fun if that were the case. So uh, it's, it's, it's been fun to see them uh, kind of come together. Uh, I know that it's been a nice little distraction over the last couple of weeks, uh, even though they're down in the bubble. But uh, at the same time, I can't say enough about uh, Chris Paul. And if you would have heard me talking about Chris Paul right after the trade happened last year, uh, I've, I've been trying to get the radio station to delete everything because <laughs> I was not too much of a fan of, uh, of Chris was it the fact that you thought he was just going to be there short-term anyway, or were you oh, concerned because yeah. he has an injury history? 
all of the above. Uh, I, I, I certainly think that I had this feeling that he just wasn't going to be able to buy in. And, you know, as it turns out, I couldn't have been any more wrong. And it's been fun to not only see him out on the court and, you know, specifically in the clutch time minutes uh, and the success that he has had throughout the first part of the season pre-COVID, uh, but just the stuff that he has been able to kind of uh, teach young guys, whether it be SGA or uh, any of the young guys on the uh, Thunder team, they can't talk about him enough. So uh, it's been fun, and everybody's kind of bought in and kind of feels like the old days when uh, KD and Russ were running town. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to cover the Thunder this year. Eddie, you know what the key is, uh, something that John is doing right now, is that plant-based diet. Yeah. <laughs> there is no chance of me doing that. I don't know if you guys see the picture of me, but uh, I, I do like having a steak every once in a while. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to hold off of there. And I was actually going to ask you, dude, is like, because, uh, like, Billy Donovan, I feel like, of course, we know, like, the success that he had as a college coach. But, like, NBA coaches are so expendable where most of the time if a team wins the NBA, like, if, if the Lakers end up winning – uh, the uh, the NBA Finals is not going to be because of Frank Vogel. Like no one's going to give him any credit whatsoever. So, but like, how much credit does Billy Donovan deserve for not only uh, this year, but in the years he's been at OKC and putting together a good team and having a good run? Yeah, you talk about having an egg on my face about the Chris Paul situation. Uh, hand up again. I was completely dead wrong about Billy Donovan uh, and and kind of the post era as far as 2016 to 2019 and kind of the failures that came with. Uh, with the Thunder and, you know, specifically with PG and Russ and then the playoffs and, uh, you know, I, rightfully so. He's Brody Coach of the Year by his peers. I think that that is certainly, uh, you know, goes a long way. And I, I, at the same time, I guess I have to call myself an idiot because Billy Donovan did win a couple of national championships down in Florida and build a, basically a dynasty uh, there for a couple of years and a 19-year career down in Gainesville. So uh, he's been exceptional. They've, it seems like every button that he has pushed, uh, the young guys have responded to it, and uh, it's going to be more wrong. It's going to be interesting because uh, he's working on the last year of his contract right now. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of people around here in Oklahoma City that feel like he will sign an extension. Sam Preston will give him something uh, favorable by the end of the year. But um, I guess at the same time, Billy has to be able to want to sign up for it again and go through everything that uh, the Thunder will do because they probably will take a step back here over the next couple of years, uh, you know, with the CP3 contract and if they're going to try and move him. But uh, it, it, it's been awesome to see, and uh, I think there's a lot of people, including myself, that uh, are kind of eating their words with what they've said about Billy Donovan here over the last couple of years. Eddie, quickly, we got about 20 seconds. How fun is it talking to a guy like Stephen Adams? Uh, I, you know, I haven't really ever talked to him, but I enjoy everything that Stephen Adams puts out there. He is the content king, and, uh, and he, he's in a couple of these local commercials around here that are absolutely ridiculous with the Oklahoma Beef Council and stuff like that. So it's pretty funny. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Eddie, we appreciate it as always, man, you coming on and just talking pretty much about everything, college football, NBA. It's always enjoyable, man. So we'll be catching up with you later down the road, all right? Absolutely, gentlemen. We'll talk to you later. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. And also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.